0: You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. All right, kids, have you ever said, oh, that's good enough? You ever said that? Ray says that all the time. What about you, kids? Do you ever say that? That's good enough. That'll do. That'll do, donkey. <laughs> that's good enough? Well, I think it's something that a lot of us say from time to time, isn't it? We finish a job and we say to ourselves, oh, well, that, that's good enough. That's good enough. Some of us might have said or we might have thought this sort of thing when we've attempted some difficult DIY task around the home. Has anyone ever said that before? For something to happen that kind of compromised the quality of the final product? That is not cam. Just putting it out there. That this is, why, this is why Cam exists. Licensed electricians are licensed for a reason. So if you need an electrician, call 1-800-SPARKY-CAM call and he will help you out. Now don't call that, don't call you won't get him. But yeah, I'm, I hope none of us have attempted wiring at home because it's never a good idea. Some of us might have said these words after putting together a really special meal. Have you ever spent all afternoon baking and putting together something special only to open up the oven at the end and go, oh, that's really not good enough. <laughs> Some of us might have said these words after kind of putting in the hard yards for months and months and months in our workplace. We might have been working on a particular project to see the reach of our organisation extend beyond, to see new things rise up. And only to discover, due to budget constraints or due to COVID, like many businesses have, they've really tightened the purse strings, haven't they? And you discover that your company can only commit to rolling out a couple of the more than 40 changes that you've been working on. Well, that's good enough. (laughs) I'm sure it's a phrase most of us have said many times before. you know what? Sometimes it's an okay phrase to use, isn't it? Sometimes it's okay to... It's almost like just being resigned to what it is you know like oh well I guess those burnt that burnt roast will be good enough we'll just give it a fancy name and no one will know any different you know it's okay to use when there's nothing we can do to kind of change the situation it can be like a statement of acceptance there's nothing I can do to change this I'm just going to have to go with it it'll it'll be good enough but I want to suggest that sometimes sometimes at least I know this is true for me We actually settle for that's good enough when we actually have the power and the ability to change the situation. Does anyone agree with that? Sometimes we settle for that's good enough when we actually have the power and the ability to change the situation. And one area that I believe, and this is true for my life, might be true for yours too, I think we're all susceptible to settling for that's good enough in terms of our spiritual growth and our personal holiness. You know, when we first encounter the love of God, we're forgiven by Jesus. We are on fire. We are on fire. We are passionate. We are free. We invest diligently daily in our faith, don't we? We are, we are on fire. We are going all guns blazing. There is nothing that we wouldn't do to be able to get closer to Jesus Christ. Yeah? We work daily with the Holy Spirit to develop fruit of the Spirit. And we do everything that we possibly can to to grow in personal holiness, to be more like Jesus Christ, our Saviour. We, I guess, we're diligent in doing what Paul encourages the younger Timothy to do. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, we actively work with God to train ourselves to be godly, to do that work, to join with God in his redemption, sanctification work, making us more and more like Jesus. But we need to join with him, and we do that joyfully, don't we? And then over time, Maybe this is true. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just me. Little by little, season by season, circumstance by circumstance, we seem to lose passion. We seem to lose the the zeal we once had for spiritual growth and personal holiness, and we get caught up in other things, not even bad things. Maybe family. Maybe marriage. Maybe, you know, your work and jobs and things. Not inherently bad things, but compared to Jesus... They're not the priority thing, are they? And we don't invest the same energy in our spiritual growth and we don't deal drastically with the sin in our lives like we once did. We settle into a good enough faith, a good enough faith walk where we learn to live with an even, I would say, excuse persistent sin in our lives. And over time, this inaction on our part in terms of actually killing sin, because who knows that's what the Bible says, where to actually kill sin, it actually, by not doing that, it actually robs us of life. It robs us of joy. We can't actually walk in the abundant life that Jesus offers each one of us. And we lose that beautiful intimacy with Jesus very easily. And then we settle comfortably for good enough when actually we were created for so much more. Well, I believe that God wants to encourage and challenge all of us this morning to say enough to good enough. Enough to good enough. And to commit afresh to training ourselves to grow in Jesus' likeness and character so that we can be truly free. So that we can be truly free from the clutches of sin. Does that sound good? So let's pray. Let's pray together. I'm sure we all want to be free from the clutches of sin. We all want to grow to be more like Jesus. Well, let's pray that as we open God's word together today, that God would really speak to each of us individually by Holy Spirit so that we can go away from this, not just going, oh, well, yep, that was true, and I understand that, and I can see that from God's word. But we actually have personal revelation where God says, whoever you are, work on this, and I'll help you. Let's deal with this together. I want you to be free. Let's pray for that today. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much that you are our helper. Holy Spirit, you want to see us free to live the abundant life that Jesus Christ has won for us. We thank you, God, that whereas Satan has come to steal, to kill, and destroy, Jesus, you came so that we may have life and life in more abundance. And so, God, we pray today that you would help us by your Spirit to open our hearts, open our minds, open ourselves so that we can truly be touched by you, Holy Spirit, and led by you, Holy Spirit, so that we can deal with any indwelling sin, because we all have indwelling sin. If we, don't have, if we think we don't have indwelling sin, then our sin is probably lying because we're fooling ourselves. God... Help us to grow and grow and grow and continue that process of growth so that we can honour you, Jesus, and so that we can be free to love you and love other people, so we can be freed for mission, God, to see more and more souls won for your kingdom, to see more and more people experience freedom in Jesus Christ. So Holy Spirit, speak to us. We want to hear from you. Have your way this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Is that sparkling water or something? Cold water. water. Holy water. (laughs) You might have you might have heard of a guy by the name of John Owen before, one of the one of the great forefathers of the faith, and and he said this quote. It's fantastic. It's straight. I love it about those guys. He says, "Be killing sin, or it will be killing you. Be killing sin." or it will be killing you. You know, this is how seriously we need to think about and deal with sin. Sin has the power. Sin has the power to completely destroy us. Sin has the power to completely destroy us, to rob us of everything that is dear to us, to rob us of freedom, to rob us of joy, to rob us of life in this life right now. And ultimately, Jesus says it has the potential to rob us of eternal life as well, if we don't deal with it in this life. The Bible's clear when it comes to dealing with sin. We're not to tolerate sin, you know? We're not to go easy on it. We're not to kind of put up with our sin, existing as an unwelcome guest in our house, and it's like, oh yeah, well, that's just my little struggle, and that's permanently with me, like the little devil on the shoulder sort of thing. You know, that's not how God wants us to deal with sin. The Bible says that we need to kill it. We need to kill sin before it kills us. Tim Challies, he's a well-known Christian blogger from Canada. I always say America, and I know Canadians hate that when you say that, don't they? When I'm not American. He explains this really well in his article called The Half-Trained Dog. So I want to I read you some of what he says. He says, God calls us to train ourselves to be godly. We do this by killing sin, by killing sin and coming alive to righteousness. We put aside old patterns and habits and come alive to new, better ones. God does not call us to bruise our sin or injure it or slap it around a little. God calls us to put our sin to death. And that is a hard business. God assures us that with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, we can do this. We can beat it to death to see its hold on us drastically, radically diminished. You know, killing sin is hard. Who knows that to be true? I know that to be true. It takes a whole lot of effort. It takes intentionality. You can't just wake up and hope that your sins are going to somehow get dealt with. You've really got to be intentional. It takes planning and it can be very painful. But I'm sure you'd agree that when we put in those hard yards, when it comes to acknowledging and then dealing with indwelling sin, it is so worth the effort. It is so worth the effort. Seriously, like think about this. What could be better than being truly dead to sin and more alive for righteousness, more alive in Jesus Christ? Nothing could be better than that, nothing at all. And the great news for us is that this battle is not ours. The battle is partly ours, but Holy Spirit is on our side too. God doesn't expect us to fight this battle alone. He has gifted us with his helper who fights for and with us. Praise God. God wants to see us holy and free and Holy Spirit will help us in putting sin to death in our lives. As the Apostle Paul says, as he writes in Romans 8 verse 13, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, i.e. sin, you will live. That's a good promise. That's a good promise by the Spirit. Holy Spirit is on our side. That is good news, I'm sure you'd agree. And yet, and yet, we've got to play our part in the process too, don't we? Too often, this has been my experience with different things that I battle with, too often I think we just give up. It gets hard, and we go, too hard, too hard. I'll just learn to live with that. Something that everyone faces, you know, too hard. We get comfortable. We settle for the good enough Christian walk when we're not actually truly free. Tim Challies, again, he says, so often we stop short. We train ourselves for a while, but then we grow weary when those last vestiges of the sin refuse to die, or when we realize that sin has much deeper and stronger roots than we had expected, or when we realize, and this is a good one, isn't it, that we actually kind of like our sin. We end up half-trained, good enough Christians. Yet God calls us to persevere in the battle, to train ourselves thoroughly and completely, to fight for holiness and godliness from the moment of conversion to the moment of death. And we answer this call only when we doggedly persevere. So how then do we play our part in doggedly persevering in killing sin? What do we need to regularly do in order to partner with Holy Spirit in killing sin in our lives? Well, I think the first thing is we've actually got to acknowledge that we have a sin problem. We don't like in our world today, you know, um, even in the church, oh, I'm not a sinner, I've been saved by grace. Yes, that's true. But you're a sinner saved by grace who still sins and still needs to approach God's throne of grace for forgiveness and reminding yourself of the fact that you've been forgiven, yeah? It's not like, it's not like oh, well, now I'm perfect, I don't think anyone's walked the earth who's been perfect except for our Lord and Savior. And so that's important. We've got to say, we've got to own it. We've got to go, yep, I've got a sin problem. God's not going to have the freedom to move in our hearts and in our lives if, and help us to actually destroy sin if we don't humble ourselves and come before him and say, God, I am really struggling with this. This is, this is not good. This doesn't honor you. It's, I can, it's not good for me. I kind of like it, but I know it's ultimately going to kill me. Help me, Lord, please. You know, I'm sure anyone who's ever, well, we've got a few counsellors here. Tim, Tim would know this to be true and, and, um, and others, psychologists, Tom, would know. Until someone actually owns the fact that they have an issue, nothing changes. You could have counselling for 50 years denying the fact that you have a particular issue in a marriage and your marriage is never going to get any better. Or it might have, you know, like everything, it will have moments, and, but ultimately, and sins like that, if we don't actually acknowledge, man, this is a real issue in my life, it's not going to go away. It's going to keep with its cancerous roots in our hearts and keep causing destruction and potential, has the potential to lead us astray. And that's so important. We need to go, you know what? This is an issue for me. This particular sin... Well, these sins are real battles for me. God, I need your help. That's the first thing we've got to acknowledge. And then secondly, and this is so important, isn't it? We need to confess our sins to God and then seek forgiveness from him. You know, I I really think in our sort of denomination experiences of faith, maybe more Pentecostal, charismatic, we actually miss out a lot because we, we often underestimate the power of confession. We kind of go, oh, well, that's a bit too Catholic for me. And we, 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 don't, we fail to see that confession is actually a really beautiful thing. It's a gift from God because it's actually part of that surrender and saying, God, I'm struggling. Please forgive me. I'm feeling this weight of my sin. Lift it off me. I need your help. It's a really powerful thing when we do that. And after all, as 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, obviously, that has a one time in history application when we confess our sins to Jesus and when we receive him as Lord, he's wiped our slate clean. Amen? But it also has that ongoing sanctification application too that as we're wanting to grow more like Jesus, if We choose to humble ourselves and confess our sins. He forgives us and he cleanses us. He lifts us up again. He gives us fuel to press on and continue to grow and continue to serve him. You know, He cleanses us and then the moment that we confess to him that we've got a problem, we're forgiven. And it's a fantastic thing. And that is the amazing thing about our kind, good, faithful God. It's not like back back in 67 when I gave my heart to the Lord, I was forgiven. No, your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. That can be our experience each and every day. If you're like me, it can be our experience multiple times each day. It's so good. So that's the second. And thirdly, we're called to not only acknowledge and confess our sin uh, before God, we need to choose to actually put the sin to death in our lives. And this is sometimes, I think, something that... I know I haven't always been good at this. Like It's one thing to acknowledge one thing to confess, but then it's another thing to get active and join Holy Spirit in killing sin in our lives. In a sense, this is where we, we say enough to good enough. This is enough. I'm not going around this cycle again. I, w- I want to I take ground, Lord. I want to grow in holiness. I want to be more like your son. And that is how we do that. And when we're forgoing some temporary pleasure that sin might offer us, or even irrespective of any pain or, or cost that, it might, that we might incur to truly kill sin in our lives because there's always a cost, isn't there? There's always a cost. But the reward is so much greater. The reward is so much greater. So that's, that's how, I guess, we get active and play our part in putting sin to death. And when we've taken those steps, when we've taken those steps, we're in a beautiful position then to work in step with Holy Spirit and take further steps in His power as we're completely surrendered to Him, as we're allowing Him to work in our lives to truly put to death our sin. So, how do we do that? How do we join with Holy Spirit in actively killing sin? What what offensive weapon has God given us to wage war against sin? Anyone want to have a guess? Prayer. Prayer? Yeah. One. Yep. What? Anything else? Okay. God's Word. Yep. Fantastic. And that's it. We do. We have a couple of the most powerful weapons that exist, prayer and God's word, the word of God. Now think about Jesus during his earthly ministry. What, what happened when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness? What, what did Satan do? Yeah. Satan, Satan said, you know, if you do this, misquoting scripture, doing all sorts of things. And each time, what did Jesus do? He came back at Satan With a a scripture quote, no, Satan, this is what it says. No, Satan, this is who my father, you know what I mean? So every time Jesus quoted scripture to stand against the devil's evil schemes and his example then serves as as an example for us today when it comes to dealing with temptation and sin in our lives today. Like Jesus, we can resist Satan. We can resist Satan. And we cannot sin and disobey God by using the weapons that he's given us, his word. Ephesians six seventeen encourages us to do this with God's word when it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, when we're preparing for battle at the start of our day, maybe like me, uh, you're preparing for battle is more like rolling out of bed, Trying to, trying to get going for the day. You're not really kind of thinking about entering into a battle, but we are in a battle, aren't we? We are. We don't necessarily see it, but we are. We exist in a spiritual realm as well, and Satan is constantly trying to lead us astray. So when we do prepare for battle at the start of the day, or even in that moment where we're, we're getting tempted and we know, man, I've got to fight this sin right now. I'm, I'm facing temptation God says that we can stand, we can stand by with Holy Spirit's help by taking up the sword of the Spirit. And I was reading some John Piper stuff the other day and he, he explains this concept really well. Here's what he says. When the body is about to be led into a sinful action by some fear or craving, we have to take the sword of the Spirit and kill that fear and that craving. In my experience, that means mainly severing the root of sin's promise by the power of a superior promise. I love that. For example, when I begin to crave some illicit sexual pleasure, the sword swing that has often severed the root of this promised pleasure is blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I recall the pleasures I have tasted of seeing God more clearly from an undefiled conscience, and I recall the brevity and superficiality and oppressive aftertaste of sin's pleasures, and with that, God has killed the conquering power of sin. So in maybe some more everyday language, what, what John Piper's is saying there is that he, when he's tempted to compromise and to go down a well-worn path of the sin that he struggles with, he will, quote scripture, remind himself of a greater promise and of the, the amazing fruit of following Jesus and following that promise, and that helps him in that moment to not cave in and settle for second best. Yeah, that is, there's some wisdom right there. You know, we sever the root of sin's promise. We actively go on the attack against our sin with the sword of the spirit by reminding ourselves of a superior promise from God's word. And you know, God's word is full of promises for specific situations. And it's also full of promises that can be applied to general situations too, Yeah. And the beauty of the sword of the Spirit is it's not like it's just to be used in a reactive way. Like, oh, I'm being tempted, I better quote something. But we can use the sword of the Spirit proactively too. Like when we wake up in the morning and we're well aware of the different sins that we struggle with, we can actually proactively call out on God's Word, quote scriptures, pray through scriptures in preparing ourselves for battle that day. Yeah? You know, if if we know that we're susceptible to sinning when we get angry, for instance, we can proactively meditate on and pray around Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. That would be a wonderful thing to pray if that was something we struggled with. If we know that for us, when we feel really anxious or overwhelmed in our day-to-day lives and when we're in that place, sometimes that leads us to being short with people or sinning in whatever variety of ways. We can proactively meditate on and pray around Philippians 4, 6 to 7. You know, In the morning, we can say, "'Do not be anxious about any, anything, but in everything, "'situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, "'present your requests to God. "'And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, "'will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.'" We can pray that over ourselves and prepare our hearts for the day. You know, if, if we know that we're susceptible in terms of our, our thought life and sinning in that, we can proactively meditate on the next verse, Philippians 4, 28. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That can be, Such a beautiful promise, a beautiful way of keeping our minds in check so that we don't be led astray, we don't choose the path of sin. You know, utilising the sword of the Spirit in this way is so, so powerful. It's so powerful. I guarantee if you do this regularly, if you commit to identifying a couple of sins that you kind of just have learnt to live with, and you say enough to good enough with those sins, and then you pair them up with a couple of verses even a verse for each of those ones, and you do that and you pray through those things regularly, I guarantee you will see a shift in terms of your struggle. I guarantee that Holy Spirit will do a work in your life and in your heart and those things that right now for us are real struggles will not be anywhere near the struggle that they once were. Look, I don't know where we're all at today, but I, personally, I'm choosing to make a fresh stand this morning. I'm choosing to make a fresh stand against indwelling sin in my life today. I'm saying enough to good enough. Enough to good enough when it comes to the sin in my life. I want to better honour God by continuing to grow, training myself in godliness, not (laughs) blissness, godliness. I want to better honour God by putting to death the sin in my life I want to grow more in his character. I want to experience more of his presence. I want to better reflect Jesus so that more and more people might encounter Jesus and receive Jesus and be transformed by Jesus and then go on to see other people come to know Jesus too. What about you? What about you? Are you ready to make that same declaration this morning? Are you ready to say, enough? Enough to good enough. And are you ready to recommit to killing sin in your life with Holy Spirit's help today? I want to just have an opportunity just for some prayer. This will be a little bit different because I can't really touch anyone, so I can't lay hands on people and pray with people. But for me, it's more about the symbolism of coming forward and standing in God's presence and in in front of our community as well and saying, that's enough. That is enough. I understand that I am good enough in Jesus' sight. Like, I am blameless in Jesus' sight. I am righteous because of Jesus' righteousness that he gave to me the moment that I was saved. But I also understand that I am a sinner saved by grace who needs to continually come back to him for help and to grow so that I can be more and more like him. And so maybe today i just like to invite some people. Maybe while well, we can't really have any music playing, that's okay. Um, yeah, we'll play something and see if YouTube cut our stream. That's fine. Um, we'll just have some music playing. And, and while we do that, I just want to invite people to just come forward. And I won't pray with everyone individually, but it's more of just like a, a declaration of standing and saying, God, I say enough today. I say enough to good enough. These sin or this sin has had enough of a hold in my life, and today, in 2021, I am recommitting to killing sin, to putting sin to death. With your help, Holy Spirit. So we're going to do that right now. So as some music plays, just like to invite you just to come and stand. I'm standing here, and this is my commitment. So who else, who else is making this commitment with us this morning? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm no longer a slave to Amen. We're not a slave to sin either. you haven't come forward, why don't you just reach out your hand if you feel comfortable to join us in in praying for these guys here. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord God, today we just say enough to good enough. We just take authority over, over these sins in our lives. We take authority over Satan and his influence in our lives. And we just say enough to good enough. We are done, Lord, with struggling with these things. You know, God, we don't need to say them. We don't need to confess. No one needs to tell me what it is, God. It doesn't matter. You know, and you will do the work if we humble ourselves and boldly approach the throne of grace. And so we do that together right now, God. We say enough to good enough. Why don't we just say that right now? Let's say enough to good enough. Enough to good enough. We, Lord, we just thank you that your desire is to see us free. Your desire is to see us free, not so that we might have an easy life, God. You don't call us to an easy life, but you call us to a righteous life where we serve you no matter the circumstances. And so, God, I pray that you would free each and every person here, each and every person who's made the declaration this morning from these particular indwelling sins, whatever they are, God. Would you just give them breakthrough, Jesus? Would you just help them to stand firm and to use the sword, take up the offensive weapon that we have been given, and prayer and the sword of the Spirit to literally put to death, to cut off the roots of these sins promises. So, Lord, we can actually embrace your greater promises and the freedom that you have won for each one of us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, Lord. Lord, we just want to to say we are so grateful that you have freed us. And Lord, sometimes we just need reminding of that. So God, today I pray that as we have declared enough to good enough, enough to good enough, God, we're saying and we're reminding ourselves that you have set us free. So Holy Spirit, would you continue to work from this moment forward? Would you help us, God, to not, only, to not only be like reactive in terms of killing sin, but to be proactive as well, Jesus, to put in those, those even it's, all it takes is five minutes in a morning to, to pray and read over a couple of scriptures and, and ask your help to, so that we don't sin during the day. So God, help us to do that. Help us to join with you in that work so that we can truly be free and so that you can be glorified even more by the way we live our lives. And Lord, more and more people can encounter us as Christians who are truly free and truly beautiful and shining, like just beautiful, beautiful, I don't know, like vessels of light so that people don't see us, but they see you, Jesus, and they want to know you and then they They choose you and then they walk with you and then more and more people come to know you. So God, do a work, we pray. And help us to continue each and every day to say enough to good enough. Thank you. We pray all of this, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.